Welcome to episode number 188 of CXO Talk on a sunny and hot afternoon here in Boston. I'm Michael Krigsman, and today we are talking with Michael Shea, who is the CIO of Morgan Lewis, which is one of the largest legal firms in the world on the face of the planet. And we're going to be talking about digital transformation and innovation in the legal profession. And I would like to first express a uh, grateful and wholehearted thank you to our sponsor, Avanad. And Avanad, you guys have been great partners, and so thank you very much. And I also want to thank Livestream, another one of our partners that has been just awesome working with CXO Talk. So, Michael Shea, you're CIO of Morgan Lewis, and welcome to CXO Talk. Great. Thank you for having me, Michael. Michael, uh, tell us about Morgan Lewis. Well, we're an old law firm that was founded in 1873. We have approximately 2,000 legal professionals. And that's across 28 offices in 17 time zones. Um, we've got amazing lawyers all over the world in 17 practice group and across five industry sectors. And it's a great firm. We've got a, an amazing culture. Um, it's based on common respect and where collaboration is encouraged and even part of our reward system. And our, and our clients uh, see the value in, in going to one firm who can address all their needs on a global basis. So um, really, uh, really great place to be. And I know you are, you are a, a very large firm. You have about 2,000 legal professionals. And I know you don't report your revenue, but one can get that information publicly. And it's almost $2 billion. So you're the equivalent of, you're like a multi, you're, you are a multinational, multi-billion dollar organization. That's correct. So tell us, let's, let's talk about digital transformation in the legal industry. And Michael, would you set the stage for us? Please share with us the, the, the state of the legal industry and where, where it's coming from. And then that will get a, provide a good platform for talking about innovation and where things are going. Well, the, the legal industry um, really has been operating in the, in the same way for, for many years. And, and uh, in many aspects of those, those core, uh, the core way we practice will continue, but there's a lot of change happening in the industry. Uh, we have new competitors uh, with legal outsource providers and large consulting companies outside the US who are getting into the, the legal market. Um, and clients are also sourcing work differently. They, they use, used to source all legal services through law firms, and now there's a lot of multi-sourcing going on across different providers, and their vendor management offices are now involved, whereas Whereas before, uh, a lot of the, a lot of the uh, engagement we have with a client uh, was, was uh, with general counsel, which is our primary place that we actually have those relationships. But we now have vendor management offices that are also, also being introduced. There's also a lot of consolidation in the marketplace. And, uh, and our clients are working with way too many law firms. And we've heard from many of them that they're looking to consolidate these relationships. So historically, if you worked for, if you worked with as a client, worked with a legal firm, especially at a, a large firm like yours, there was 
pure, the, in, in a sense, lawyers were like doctors. They were the, the omniscient ones. And today you're, you're saying that client expectations are changing and to a certain, maybe even a large extent, that's driving changes uh, among the legal profession. Yeah, and, and, and our, our key relationships are still very deep personal relationships uh, as, as, as we provide great value to our clients. Um, but there are other factors there that are, that are playing into here as well. Uh, information security and compliance is, is now a major concern, whereas a few years ago, when it wasn't a board level issue, isn't, isn't as much of a problem. There's also a greater demand for efficiency. And, and, uh, and, and in my area, lots of new technologies uh, that are coming onto the market that will have a significant impact on how law firms operate in the next uh, five to 10 years. And, and in, this, in this time frame, firms that are investing in these new capabilities and, and adopting change will gain competitive advantage, in my opinion. And, um, and uh, I, I think that those, those firms that, that, that adopt and change and innovate uh, there will be the haves and the have-nots in the industry. Uh, those that have the, those capabilities uh, w- will be seeing, seen as, as those firms that clients want to engage. And, and I know for us, this is a big focus of ours. So please elaborate on that. So when you talk about haves and have-nots in the legal industry, that's, that's kind of a wild thing to say. So please uh, elaborate on, on what you mean by that. Well, we have to look at it from a few different perspectives. Um, one is, is from the client's perspective in, in helping to drive uh, greater efficiency. They expect it, they want, they want more uh, with less. And, and that, that means taking advantage, uh, having better knowledge management capabilities, having, taking advantage of, uh, of, our, of our great knowledge that we have in the organization. It means being able to engage with them digitally, uh, unlike many law firms are doing today. Um, and getting more sophisticated with that digital client engagement. Uh, It could be automation uh, of documents. Um, uh, There's a lot of innovation around machine learning and artificial intelligence to uh, evaluate contracts and M&A deals and other aspects of legal. And and, and if you add all these things together, uh, you're looking at a very different operating environment. It still comes down to, though, you need great lawyers, uh, with with uh, uh, and 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 this technology that's being introduced really is a, a set of tools and capabilities around those great lawyers, and not only for, it's important for the clients, but for us to attract new lawyers, and for us to attract people and and retain our our people, we also need to be viewed and and have great technology, and um, and that is a one of the key factors for recruiting uh, our more experienced partners, but also the new millennials that are, that are coming into, uh, into uh, the legal space uh, every single year. And so it's, it's critical. And we see that more and more as we, as we interview new people coming to the firm, the importance of technology and these tools, and even being able to, to, to do more self-service and, 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 and move faster and take advantage of things that we've done in the past um, is becoming more and more important to these millennials. So if we parse what you've just been saying a little bit, it sounds like uh, for you, technology is a, is, a, is a core enabler of, the, of a, let's say, efficiency, 
But at the same time, you are spending a lot of effort aligning technology to all the business goals, you know, better, better retention, uh, employee retention, and attracting employees. Uh, using, you mentioned using machine learning for reading contracts. So it sounds like technology is playing a pivotal role at the firm in quite a number of different ways. Well, you're speaking to the CIO, so of course I'm going to be saying yes, that's the answer. But uh, it, it it absolutely is becoming more and more important. I read an article in the in the uh, news this morning about how law firms are investing more in technology, uh, and we are we are making uh, big investments in technology ourselves. But but I do see it as a differentiator for our own personnel, our own lawyers, our own professional staff, and and. Um, and, and, and absolutely, that will translate into what the clients see and how the clients perceive us as well. And, and, and we are, um, we're a firm that is very quickly transforming into one uh, where, where I think we will have uh, some of the best technology of any law firm in the world uh, in the very near future. Given, given your size, you are also shaping where the legal profession is going in terms of technology. And I'm really interested in focusing on the, the business issues, and let's come back to that. But since we're talking about technology, can you elaborate, tell us a little more about the types of technologies you're using, and what do you see coming down the pike with technology, and why? What is this doing for the firm when you're investing in these technologies? Well, part, let, let's start again with the, the client side. Um, we're focused on enhancing you know, great client service, what we have today. And this, this, a lot of this today means better digital client engagement across all mediums. Our website, and we, we've, we've made big investments on our website. We've rebranded the firm. Um, we've got uh, great content on our website. Uh, we're, we're doing a lot of work around extranet sites right now and, and allowing better workflow between our lawyers and our clients and capabilities that, that we don't think exist at other law firms. And then mobile is, uh, it is clearly one of those channels that all of those, uh, uh, that great content needs to go out that, through the mobile channel as well. And then, uh, you know, providing our own lawyers with tools to facilitate internal client collaboration is critical automation capabilities, um, and, and really making sure that we've got the best tools on the, on the, on the market that help produce uh, great work product. Um, you know, we're also managing our business better. We, we want to uh, provide greater transparency into our lead and lag measures uh, through easy to consume dashboards. And, and we've made significant, significant investments in optimizing our user experience across all of our systems. And, and this is even you know, including being more aggressive with, with technology deployment, we're the first uh, big law firm to deploy Windows 10 Office 2016 with over 100 upgraded applications and 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 new tablets and and uh, touchscreen computers. So, so uh, we're being pretty aggressive in in putting some of the latest technology in legal field and 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 uh, in the broad technology area uh, in the hands of our lawyers and our staff. You mentioned uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning. Yeah, in, in, the, in the long term, um, some things that we're working on now that we think are going to have pretty big payoff in the long term, and that, that's uh, really in our, our, our knowledge management area. So I manage three areas of the firm. Uh, I manage IT. I'm also responsible for our knowledge management area, 
and our information governance and records teams. And, and, and all of these uh, are critical. And one of the areas more really interesting that's happening right now is in our knowledge management area where our platforms are getting much more sophisticated uh, from, from the large amount of document automation projects that we have to uh, 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 intelligent search tools that we're rolling out. We've got a, uh, a new enterprise search tool rolling out next week. Um, work product reuse, legal reference tools, um, and some of these are, are very proprietary to Morgan Lewis. And, 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 uh, and then some more advanced things, uh, AI and machine learning platforms. Right now we're focusing those efforts on, on uh, M&A documents and M&A contracts. Um, and uh, we also are seeing uh, activity uh, we've got a very successful e-discovery practice, and uh, machine learning, artificial intelligence is, is critical in e-discovery, and, and, and even uh, predicting outcomes of legal strategies. Um, so, so there's a lot there, and, and, and uh, you know, things, that, things are even, even more in the future that we're, we're working with in our labs are around augmented reality, and uh, uh, we're doing a lot of work with uh, Microsoft HoloLens at this point, and uh, and other virtual reality providers, Hollands is our as our as our primary focus at this point, and uh, and and there's some very interesting use cases for augmented reality in the legal space. My my impression or my sense would be that these kinds of technologies are right now pretty much only available to very large firms like yours. Is that correct? I would assume so. Well, I could be wrong. I don't know of any, don't know of any other law firm using uh, augmented reality at this point um you know we're lo we're, we're looking and using it in uh, uh ip cases where we can look at things like complex chemical formulas or chip technology but instead of in 2d we can we can walk around them and see them so imagine how that changes uh how an expert witness or or, or in the future a jury may, may look at these look at these objects and change the outcome of a of a case e-discovery use cases that allow us to look at at, at information relationships in 3D and, and then even communication in general is gonna have a, a major impact from augmented reality uh, and virtual reality in terms of, of being able to virtually see people and, 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 and interact in a virtual environment. And what's amazing is when, you, when, when we start looking at these technologies today, they're pretty well baked. We're not that far from, from having um, uh, wide scale practical implementation. So definitely within the next five years, we're gonna see uh, most businesses, including legal, adopt a lot of these technologies that are that are thought of as as, as future. Um, but to do that, you you need a a, 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 a pretty strong, and, and to be honest, larger IT department. You need development capabilities, and and we have internal development uh, um, uh, development teams as well as uh, uh, the sponsor of this program, Avanade. Uh, we have an offshore development team with Avanade, and and. Uh, and I, I think uh, those development capabilities are a bit unique in our industry. So you are, in fact, technology developers. Uh, abs absolutely. Um, so in the in the legal industry, you have uh, a lot of law firms, especially in the U.S., uh, U.S. and the U.K. And traditionally, the software providers, with the exception of a few of the larger providers, have serviced the small and medium business or small and medium law firm uh, industry. So you don't 
so the, so some of the, the the solutions that are used in small and large law firms are, are limited in terms of, of, of what you can get in the marketplace and aren't necessarily designed for uh, a, a large global entity uh, with multiple languages multiple currencies different different business problems so um, my opinion has been uh, since I joined about a year and a half ago where we can't find a great uh, piece of uh, technology in the industry, um, we actually, we, we go and build it. And, um, and, and of course, I, I'd much rather buy that, than build in, in most cases. Uh, but, but there are, but by building some of our own technology, uh, it gives us a competitive advantage in that we can, we can show that we can do things with our clients that no one else can. And our clients are going to be seeing more and more of this, especially over the next year, as some of our some of our innovations uh, start to start to come to light. So one of the one of the questions that people always have is when do you decide to build technology yourselves versus buy off the shelf? How do you determine that there is a sufficiently strong uh, case for differentiation or process uniqueness? Well, to be honest, Gartner Group, for example, has some great, great uh, formulas on this. But, uh, you know, I personally like to look at, of course, cost is, is a factor, factor but um, that we have taken into account with every investment. Uh, a few things that I look at, though, is, is, is one, is the solution going to meet the needs of our size firm? Is it going to meet the needs of our clients? Is it adequate and, and does it give us a competitive advantage? Um, me, me going and building an HR platform really doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, it doesn't really give us a competitive advantage, even though we are a professional services firm. Uh, and there's great solutions in the marketplace. But um, uh, other areas as well that I, that I evaluate, and I've been, I've been very vocal in the industry, to, especially to the, to the vendors that we work with, is around having a great user experience. And maybe this is my influence in coming from the mobile industry in that uh, in the mobile world, if your, if your mobile app didn't instantly work well, was intuitive, felt great, looked great, added value, you got deleted. And, and when, I, when I started at the firm and, and looked at the portfolio of systems that we had, uh, it, it became very clear that not only the things that did we develop, but the things that we purchased off the shelf, the user experience was, was was not good, and that means uh, there's there's uh, adoption challenges. There's um, there's you know you, you don't get as much value out of that platform, and and, and we're right now overhauling uh, as much and as fast as we can our software so that the user experience is consistent. It's great. There's things like contextual help to that that allow you to to use the, the software more effectively, and and uh, and in the end, it does the job. And we're listening to our end users as well. To, uh, to, to get feedback on, on whether software is good or not, and we're adopting or killing it if it's not, if it's not effective. We're talking with Michael Shea, who is the CIO of Morgan Lewis, which is one of the largest law firms on the planet. And we're talking about the future of the legal industry and digital transformation in the legal industry. And you are part of the show. So if you have questions, tweet them. There's a tweet chat going on right now using the hashtag CXOTalk. And Michael, we have a question from Twitter. Arsalan Khan asks, when you think about transformation and think about people, process, technology, 
where are the biggest challenges and what are, the, what are those challenges and how do you address those challenges? Well, I, I, I get the question quite a bit. Um, you know, we, we're, we're friends of mine heard that lawyers are, are resistant to change. And when I was um, interviewing to, to join the firm, I interviewed with, uh, with uh, our new chair, her name is Jamie McKeon. And, and, and one of the things I found with her is that um, she is a huge proponent of technology, of innovation. In fact, one of our five strategic objectives is a culture of innovation. And I asked her this, this question, you know, is there going to be resistance to change that, that I can help bring to the organization? And she, she said that there's actually pent up demand for this change. And, um, and, and then when we started to, to uh, roll out new capabilities over the last year and a half, uh, and especially over the last year, what we found was that if that uh, technology and that capability makes sense, it has great usability, it's easy to use, it adds value to someone, there really is very little resistance. And uh, I would say 90 plus percent of the capabilities that, that my team has introduced to the organization has been very well received. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying there aren't uh, risks that need to be managed and there, there are the, the, the few people that, um, that, that need a little bit more attention as, as we're, we're changing. But I've been very surprised that um, if we communicate effectively, we make our systems easy to use uh, and, and we, we make a clear case for it adding value to someone. There really, there really hasn't been um, a lot of resistance to change in, in an environment where traditionally law firms have been, have been uh, very scared of any change. That's pretty amazing, actually. So, so really what you're saying is that the resistance to change evaporates if, the, if it's the right fit, if it's adding value, as you said, and if the UX is there. But, but the legal profession has this reputation for being very highly change averse. And so when you're thinking about adoption, what are the steps that you take when you're going to introduce new technology, which I assume also means introducing new processes into the firm? Well, there, there are, I think it's important to talk about the industry as a whole. Um, it, it, most law firms are a partnership in the, in the U.S. They're all partnerships. Uh, there are other, some ownership models in other countries, but uh, you have a, a, a group of, of very smart people where those technology investments, you know, hit someone's personal bottom line. It's, it's a more personal investment to them. So you really have to ensure, especially in our industry, that uh, one, the technology makes sense, but also there's a communication on, uh, on cost impact uh, when it makes sense. So something as basic as we're replacing every single printer in the, in, in the firm in the next few weeks, uh, but we're but I got a lot of requests for people to say, I actually redline contracts, whether it's digitally or, or or on paper. I need to see the red line, and we don't have color printers everywhere. So the printers are all getting replaced with color printers, but also with scanners. And what's interesting is it's actually costing less because our ten-year-old printers that were there, no one bothered to look to see whether whether they're more expensive. So. So that kind of change, again, makes sense to people, adds value, but we're also able to try to optimize our, um, our size and our purchasing power 
and and and, uh, and and try to drive good value as well. So, but something like uh, printers, uh, that's a that's an infrastructure issue. What about introducing a new technology that really changes how the attorneys will will conduct their business? So, uh, one of the one of the things interesting is. Let's take machine learning for example. Machine learning is is a uh, is something that will disrupt our industry, and it, it, it somewhat goes against, in in some cases, um, uh, the billable hour rate. So so if I can actually evaluate a contract faster, yet I've had to make that investment in technology, uh, I may be able to uh, uh, be able to do things in less time. However, it means I can add more value to my client. It also, though, may impact how we staff that, that, that matter. It may impact how we price it to our, our clients. We may go from uh, billable hours to more of a, a fixed price engagement. So technology can actually have an impact on an organizational impact, can have an impact on how we work, uh, uh, can have an impact on the quality of work to our, to our clients. Uh, and, and, and while this is not having this, this specific technology is not having a material impact on our industry today. In, in five years, it absolutely will. So one of the things that technology is enabling, it sounds like, is change in your business model. So it sounds like clients have different kinds of expectations of you, and you are using technology to help evolve your business model in, in response. Yeah, the, the, there's been many articles, especially in the legal space, around the, the demise of the lawyer being replaced by the computer. And let, let's just say we're very far away from that happening. Our key asset in our firm is still our people. It's the expertise that they have. A lot of the innovation that I'm talking about makes them work faster, makes them work even smarter, uh, makes them collaborate and communicate better. And again, these are expectations of our client that we're going to get we're going to get faster, smarter, and better, and and um, uh, and they're really enabling uh, capabilities. But really, we're still focused on retaining and, and hiring the best talent in the industry and superstars in the industry. Um, uh, and and while the technology is critical, especially especially in the come in the near future, um, you know, it's it's all about how do we how do we evolve our teams to take advantage of that. And then look at things like our organizational structures, our leverage of our people, and and uh, and even our client relationships, and how we how we charge. As CIO, uh, what is your relationship to the business side of the firm, and how do you, for example, become aware of these strategic issues, and what's your input in helping develop uh, transformation? agendas, goals, and so forth. So, so uh, th this is where I, I'm a bit lucky in my industry in that we are uh, we have a, a very simple management structure. We have a, a five-person management committee uh, chaired by uh, Jamie McCain, our, our chair, um, and with four managing partners and, and our chief operating officer in that management committee. And then we have a seven-person executive team. And we all interact a lot. Uh, we talk a lot. We uh, we get a lot of direction from uh, from our management committee. Uh, we also have a, an advisory board in the organization that we get a lot of feedback from. But it's actually a very small group that is able to 
to be agile, move quickly, make decisions, and and we get great support from our management committee. And uh, and I personally um, personally have been have been uh, very encouraged by by the uh, the excitement around technology and the capabilities that we're working on. And and uh, and and our management committee has been a great partner to me, especially uh, our CIO and our chair, um, uh, to, to give direct feedback as to. What they think is going to work and what's you know what what may not work. Uh, so it's been we actually have a, a pretty easy structure to work within and and allows us to move very quickly. So from this standpoint, uh, as as a multi billion dollar legal firm, in a sense you're you're no different than any other type of business. So my question therefore is how does how does your management committee think about the technology, and how do they determine their appetite in consultation with you, their appetite for investment in transformation, which includes technology, but includes lots of other things as well? Well, a majority of our management committee, are, you know, they're, they're, they're great lawyers. Um, so, uh, but they're also power users of our technology. Um, so our management committee, uh, they, they, they don't just have their administrative job and their, their, their leadership roles, but they're also acting lawyers. They they manage clients. They actually um, uh, they are they're working on active legal matters, and uh, so they, they actually have they have multiple jobs. I'm, I'm, sometimes I'm not sure how they do it, but uh, so they they use our technology. They're constantly traveling. They use our mobile technology. Um, they they do billing. They you know they they they, uh, they feel the pain of of bad systems. Just like other people in the organization, and um, and, and the benefit of great systems. So uh, so uh, and again, it's, it's a little unusual for the the management team of a, a large law firm to actually pr- perform legal services. But but I think it really helps them tie um, you know tie what they're doing and the decisions they're making back into the real world and and and, the, and their, their their partnership. Um, and and we're, we're very much like other companies, uh, except that we, we definitely listen a lot more to our partners. Uh, so we, we, I think we're, we're probably more receptive to feedback because our, our partners do own the, the firm. And, and again, is this really the province of large firms alone and maybe go back to what you said earlier about the haves and have nots of technology in the legal profession. I think, uh, and, and I've only been in this industry for a year and a half. So I've had some exposure to other firms, but I think at other firms, it is a little more challenging to move quickly when uh, there's more decision by committee and more decision uh, by by large groups. Uh, it's, it's very difficult to have to constantly sell everything that you're doing. And and um, I have the benefit of having a little bit more autonomy than I think some of my peers have. Uh, and in the end, I hope it, it gives our firm, uh, you, you know, a competitive advantage. And and uh, and I do think that we we are uh, uh, adopting new capabilities and technologies faster than any other firm, in my opinion. Uh, some of my colleagues may, you know, my, my industry peers may very much disagree, but we are making some, some very quick progress. And, and, um, and, and again, with the goal of, of, of providing better services 
to our clients and, and our own lawyers. So is that is that always your reference point? You're you're obviously investing a, a great deal of time, money, and effort in technology. So is that always your reference point? Uh, what does this do for efficiency for clients? Or or I let, instead of putting words in your mouth, please share with us what are your investment criteria that that you apply? Well, let's start with the basics of IT. So CIO has to make sure that we. We, we keep our, our technology running, that we uh, manage security. So there are, there are basic investments that we have to make to refresh infrastructure, PCs, uh, uh, security capabilities. So those are the basics, the, the maintenance basics that we have to do um, that are always a challenge for all of us. We then have uh, the core operational systems uh, that we have to do. Again, just like any other company or, or firm, we have our financial systems, our HR systems, our back office systems. Uh, and, and then uh, where we wanna be a little bit more aggressive on, on technology is what's gonna have that impact for our, for our lawyers. So, so uh, the infrastructure things and those maintenance items, those are things that we have to do every year. We have to evaluate the cost and investment for our back office capabilities and, and, and where there's value in that, how fast do we, do we do make those investments? And then to me, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an easy call to invest in um, digital engagement technologies with our clients and uh, capabilities for our lawyers. Um, and again, everything from uh, artificial intelligence to new laptops. Uh, and, and our lawyers have seen um, uh, quite a bit of focus on making sure that they have some of the, some of the best technology and, and it's going to get even better in the next year. Tell us about digital, when you say digital engagement technologies, tell us about that. Well, most, most law firms, including us, have extranet sites that clients go on to that uh, uh, have some decent capabilities from file sharing to some collaboration. Uh, however, there, what we haven't seen is uh, a much deeper level of engagement from complex uh, workflows. Um, a co-document automation that, that we see with simple things like Google Docs today um, uh, in, in the consumer space and, and, and in, the, in the enterprise space as well. We have uh, limited mobile capabilities for clients. Um, uh, our, our, we have amazing content that our lawyers write uh, and, and, and our, our um, firm writes that we publish on our website and through other mechanisms um, but we, we can do a better job of targeting that content, of making it more relevant, and, and, and really deepening that engagement with our clients by becoming more of a value to them, not just by providing great legal services, which we, we do for our clients, but also providing all those other capabilities that, to be honest, we have that I think we can use more effectively um, through extranet sites, mobility uh, our internet site, and, and, and making sure that that experience is also unique. We're talking with Michael Shea, who is the CIO of one of the largest law firms in the world, Morgan Lewis. So, Michael, we have about 10 minutes left, and I'm still struck with this idea of you being a technology company, a technology developer. Please tell us more about that. We hear, we hear, you know, we hear the kind of phrase every now and then that says all companies are technology companies today. But in your case, it's it's really true. And you're a law firm, which is, 
in a way, the traditional bastion of paper. Well, <laughs> that is true. We, we, don't get me wrong. I, I, I still support the records department. We have a lot of paper, but, uh, and, and those new printers, uh, you might want to, you might ask why we need so many printers. Well, people still like to print and there, there are studies showing that it's more effective to review documents in print format. But, uh, in terms of technology development, you know, we, there, there's, there's two areas where we develop. One are gaps in the market. Um, so, uh, you know, I mentioned digital client engagement, having amazing extranet site capabilities. We may use a platform to do that, but we want to have a very unique experience with, with us and taking advantage of our content and the work that we're doing for our clients already. Um, and even making them more aware of the, of the work that we could do for them. Uh, the more we have stickiness with our clients, the more that, the more that we can provide value to them and, and even expand our relationship. Um, we, we develop all sorts of technology um, uh, from, from mobile apps, from every, you know, simple ones, uh, from uh, directory applications to we've, we've actually mobilized a, a, a huge portion of our internal um, uh, intranet, which has many, many uh, 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 web-based applications in, in embedded on this intranet. And uh, we've, we've been working for, for quite a long time to make sure they work on iPads, they work on iPhones, on Android devices. Um, yeah, so a lot of this is just normal enablement, mobile enablement. Uh, some of it is uh, making sure that, that uh, we've got better workflows within our organization and with our clients, uh, that, we, that we provide more transparency to our clients and better and more accurate bills, for example. Um, some of the core things uh, you know, a law firm does in, in our operations. And, uh, and, uh, and again, where there's gaps or there's inadequate pieces of software or systems on the market, uh, we do evaluate whether we should build it or not. And you work with Avanade, who's this, the sponsor of this show, uh, for which we're very grateful. So, so you have a development team with them uh, in India, or tell us, tell us about the kind of development, again, that the actual technology development that you're working on. So our core, our core capabilities, so our application, um, application teams, uh, uh, consist of a few different areas. We, we have a group that's focused on our off-the-shelf applications. We've got a group that focuses solely on mobility. Um, we've got a group that focuses on knowledge management systems and our document management system. And then we have a, a team that focuses on our custom, custom applications. Uh, we have a, a decent size uh, internal development team. And, uh, and what we do is we extend our internal team with our offshore development resources that we, from Avanade that we have, it's actually in the Philippines, um, and and we we uh, we have quite a few projects going on. So in IT right now, we have a little over a hundred active projects, and I would I would say out of those hundred, about a third of those are uh, involving some sort of uh, systems deploy systems development effort, um, uh, and, and in some cases. Uh, a, a, you know, custom configuration of off-the-shelf systems. So, so uh, a huge amount of activity going on in the firm right now. So you have a, a hundred projects. Uh, again, I'm I'm still so focused on this idea of you as a law firm developing your own technology and partnering with Avanade to do that. Yeah, I mean it, it's. Uh, to me, it makes sense. Uh, 
we're, we're, we're like many other industries, but, but our industry, uh, in some cases, uh, there's some amazing solutions on the market. Uh, and, and we're either, we've either uh, investigated them or purchased them or, or looking at them, but, but there are also other areas that have just been very weak. And, um, uh, some of these uh, are not as you know sexy as as uh, augmented reality, but um, uh, some of them are are, are basic uh, uh, again basic transactional systems, workflow systems. Um, but uh, but but one of the things we were very much focusing on is we built a user experience and design team, which I think is also a bit unique. And that team is having a massive impact in that they're touching all these systems to make sure that. We're not just developing new systems, but we're developing systems that work great, that function well, and that serve our business well. So that's, that's really interesting. So you've got a, a centralized user experience team, which is touching all of, all of these different projects that you have going on. We, we do. We do. And, and, and um, uh, again, it's something I'm very, very passionate about. And, and uh, we, we brought in some, some, some pretty great people. Uh, who really had a, a big impact. And, and what's interesting is that our development teams, our project managers, our business analysts, they actually, they get it now. They get why those user experience people and those designers are critical to what they do because they take, you know, the, the great concepts the business analysts come up with. They take the, the, uh, the, the great software that the teams develop and just make it so much better. We have just a few minutes left. And what advice do you have for others in the legal industry who are looking at, at your firm, looking at Morgan Lewis and saying, you know, we're smaller, we can't do this, but we also need to change? How would you recommend that they go forward into the future with their own transformation? Well, I, I think... I think one of the, the the things that I would say is is to ensure that there is a clear communication with the the leadership of the law firm. And uh, in in some cases, from what I've heard of other firms, there is a a, a bit of a, a communication wall, a gap between the executive team that is helping to run the firm and the managing partners of the firm that that are, are really the, the key leadership of the firm and. And uh, that communication gap is, is and, and I, even more so, will be detrimental. Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, the, 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 the need for change is, is critical, but many law firms are still doing pretty well. And, you know, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, they say. And, and, uh, and, and that is a, that's a big mistake. Um, uh, this is an area where uh, technology and knowledge management and information governance in these areas actually need investment. And these investments don't have an impact day one. Uh, it, it is a, a multi-year journey that, that any company or law firm must take. And the longer a, a firm waits to start making these investments, to, to start to uh, uh, address some of that technical debt that has built up over the years, uh, the things that weren't addressed, because that also has to be done at the same time, uh, the, the, the more of a disadvantage they're going to find themselves in the future. So I think a, a CIO's job and everybody's job in IT is to really try to communicate um, where the most effective technologies and impacts are going to be. And, and, and for law firms, it really may depend on the types of practices they have. 
um, uh, you know, where, where different technologies are going to have an impact. So I, I think that communication, I, I, and I've been very lucky in that I've gotten, uh, I've had very good exposure to our, our leadership and great support. And, uh, and they've had the, you know, the, the, the foresight to, um, to, uh, to support these initiatives. And, and I think there's, I think they're seeing the benefit today and they will absolutely see more benefit going forward. Well, fantastic. We have been talking with Michael Shea, who is the chief information officer of Morgan Lewis, a large multinational law firm. Michael Lewis, uh, Michael Lewis, <laughs> Michael Shea, thank you so much for, for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you, everybody, for watching episode number 188 of CXO Talk. And thank you again so much to Avanade for sponsoring this episode and also to Livestream for being our video partner and video distribution partner. You guys are all great, and we're very grateful for it. Next week, we have two shows. Uh, tune in for the first one on Wednesday, where we, where we will be talking with the Chief Digital Officer of Rachel Ray. Thanks so much, everybody. Bye-bye.